If you've ever found yourself passionately curious, the type to soak knowledge and question the how and why, and think you might have the curiosity to push past average, push all the way to limitless, then welcome to Sales Network One. Sebastian Vivacqua is an expert on the human connection of sales in life and business, and he's here to evolve our thinking about the psychology of selling. You'll also hear from sales heroes, growth addicts, and rising stars on their strategies, methodologies, and techniques all tools you can use for your own limitless growth. It's the concepts, the fundamentals, even things you've heard before, but presented in a way that just makes sense. Now, let's get into it. All right, guys, welcome to part two with Sangram Vatre. We're gonna talk about how to build a community, and I recommend you to go back to part one where we discuss how to be a hashtag one team between sales and marketing, super important topic. So hope you guys listen first to part one. And with part two, I want to talk about something that, you know, Sangram has, is driving a, a category, right? ABM. So he's very passionate. And that's, that's the reason why he says, without a community, you're simply a commodity. So he, he drives really well on how to build a community. And this is, this is where I want to touch points um, one of the things that we know that's very important when you're trying to do that is you, you have to be able to solve a problem, which is very clear the problem that ABM is solving. But for people, I want to get started on, on if you can pinpoint them on, on how to build a community and, and in the way that you've done it yourself in your experience, what are also the challenges you're facing through doing that too? Yeah, man. Thanks again, Sebastian, for having me um, and kind of sharing uh, the part one about marketing and sales. What I would love to say is that, look, ABM, marketing, all that stuff comes a lot more naturally to me because I've been in marketing for a decade or over. And, and those are the problems. And I have the scars of all of those things. So it comes very naturally to me. But doing that, we also started a company, right, Terminus. And we have been doing this for five years now. We're about 200 people now. And I think if I have to go back and look at what is the one lesson I learned is summed up in the quote that you just shared that without a community, we would simply be a commodity. And, and I say that because it's never been more easy to start a company or replicate what's already working. And there are a lot of people or companies are fast followers and they can go ahead of you. And at some point you're going to feel the burden. And when I look at category leaders out there in the marketplace, as you said, ABM is a category, you would see this really incredible pattern there that I did not, I stumbled upon it, which is why I call myself an accidental evangelist because I think I stumbled upon all of this. So I wish somebody could listen to this and maybe they can be smarter about all of these things because I, like, I wish I would have known some of these things before. But if you look around and say, all right, Who's the, who are the category leaders? And there are only five or so in the whole 8,000 or 10,000 MarTech companies today. So think about that for a second. So those five are Salesforce. And you think about Salesforce, is that the greatest product in the world? Not, not really. There are a lot of companies that could do what Salesforce have built, but they have an incredible ecosystem and they have a great community called Dreamforce. All right, now let's look at another category leader, HubSpot, all right? Great, you know, do they have the best product in the world? Not necessarily, but great. Uh, uh, but they have an incredible community called Inbound, called something different, and you can start seeing the pattern. Um, Gainside and customer success, they created Pulse. 
uh, hop, uh, drift is creating hypergrowth. So you look at all of that and say that, well, wait a minute, why are all these companies creating communities called something different than their product? Which is really interesting when you take a moment to think about it. And, and I think if you really look at the reason behind that is that they all fundamentally believe that, or they must because otherwise, I don't know how could they be where they are right now is that in order to build a big market in the, uh, that you want to go sell to, you have to validate that that market is big enough, is making sure that you're at problem. And to me, that is how you build or start figuring out the building of a community, if you will. So I look at all of these companies and I think what they have done masterfully is built great communities. So we ended up accidentally doing Flip My Funnel as a community that was started with a blog and an $8 domain. And now uh, there are over 10,000 or so people in the community, a thousand people attending the conference, uh, as you said, in Boston. The podcast, as you said, we have you know hundreds of thousands of people listening to that. So all that just came about, and I can share some of the lessons from it. But I think that pattern of category leadership and community yeah. is, is pretty aligned. No, that's 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 uh, that's very clear as as you're explaining it actually, in the way you're saying it. Because what you're doing is you once you have the category, it's basically you are driving that category. Which in the background, I mean, in the background, we know, for example, when we when we when I talk to you, in in I know that you're terminus, right? But to yeah. me, you're 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 the father of ABM, so to say, like we call you. So, so on, on the other hand, I I want to be part of that community, right? Right. So as as I'm part of that community, naturally, I I wanna I wanna also start to understand terminus, you know. So I right. think it's it's also if if we put a a, a selling you know twist to it. It's, it's super strong in the way that you grow the company. And, right. and, that's, and, that's, and that's why all the companies that you mentioned are, are doing really, really well, you know? And from all of the, all of the ones that you mentioned, uh, even down to, because you went, you went to the top, you know, with Salesforce, of course, huge community. And then you also mentioned Drift. So that's, that's super important. And, and the one thing that I also want to even point out on the things that you're doing is like, you, you even have your next uh, conference, right? And then right. Terminus, Terminus has a, 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 their, their little stand, you know, like they are just, just among all the other uh, the, the ABM companies, right? So right. You're, you're truly driving the community. And I, I, I'd love for you to talk to us as well on, on, on the conference that you got coming up because it's also part of your community. Right. I mean, well, I'll tell you again, it was all the accident. When I, when we co-founded Terminus, we wanted to start, uh, we want to do a Terminus conference like every company does, a company conference. And nobody would sponsor it. And we were, we didn't have funding and we were not big enough. Um, so, or, or, or people didn't know about us. So, and they didn't want to say that, hey, we are sponsoring a company or a product. So I couldn't get any sponsors. So I said, well, what if you just called it Flip My Funnel? And everybody said, oh, that's fine. We'll sponsor it. And that just made me realize, okay, so the same content, same everything, and, but you're okay to sponsor this thing versus that. So why is that? Well, because they want, everybody wants to be part of a community, not a product. So that became the reason I'm like, okay, if you're going to do it that way, I'm going to invite even my competitors because nobody was talking about ABM. So by inviting competitors that were early on, we all participated. So I don't want to take credit for saying I helped, I did ABM. I actually did. I feel like 
there was a whole bunch of people who put their time and money and energy and resources to this idea of flip my funnel then and we just did one conference and it was sold out we have about 350 people and the, the sponsors were super happy i remember them saying all right here's literally the check for the next three events whatever you're doing let us know we'll be there and i'm like all right, so we do, I guess we we're going to do a roadshow. So we ended up doing a roadshow to, to, we went from Atlanta to Boston, Chicago, San Francisco, Austin, Seattle, all these different places because these all people said we will sponsor it. So the first seven events we did that have over 300, 400, 500, 600 people started to show up every other month in the first year, it was crazy. So we took the gospel of ABM to every single city we possibly could with the same band uh, of folks and same sponsors and same speakers. So we took the, the idea to people because people didn't know, so nobody was gonna show up. And now it has gone so big, we have over a thousand people that attend the conference. So now we moved it to Boston and we are partnering with other two. But to your point, we still have our competitors sponsor the conference, let them speak at the conference because we believe that if there's big enough market, ABM is so big that it should be that I would hate for people to choose. I'd rather have them come together in one place, be part of community, really truly become an industry conference. And thereby we actually own the narrative. I still do the keynote. I don't talk about the product, but where the market is going and allow terminus to have a really good presence there, just like everybody else. Uh, but we don't talk about, here's what Terminus does. We just talk about how to be a better marketer and a salesperson. If you want to learn more, they can go and talk to the salespeople. That's very strong. And, and I think uh, you could even summarize it with something that you said very well before. It's like you're focusing on solving the problem. So therefore, that's, that's why everyone's following you behind because they know, what you, they know that you, you are solving a, mass, a big problem. And I think everyone wants to be part of that movement, so to say. Yes. So yeah. when we when going into it further, can we break it down in some key points, maybe four points that you could mention on how to build a community? All right. So I would say I will go back to the number one point would be that think about problem market fit or product market fit. Um, and I've talked about that uh, a lot of different ways before is focus on the problem, but really make the community is a way to figure out that the problem is big enough. So it's a really good way to get a measure of like, are you focusing on the right thing? So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a company right now trying to figure out, hey, do we know, do we have a pulse? Building a community will always give you a pulse. And it will also create a moat around you. So, so focus on the problem, not on the product. Very hard to do. But when you do it, it's super valuable. Your valuation of companies that are category leader is 10x compared to the second or the third. So mathematically, it's going to make a lot of sense. That's, that's one. The second is that if you are truly an evangelist, if you truly are evangelizing the problem and stuff like that, you have to, to be okay by losing in the short term. And, right. and that is a really big part. So yes, could we have put a big terminus thing in there, could be just, Ash could have just gone and say, hey, let me just talk about Terminus right now. I could have totally taken advantage of this thing and I wouldn't be the first person to do it. So it took a, it, it took a lot of courage and thanks to a lot of people along me who supported that, no, 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 we should stay true to the idea of it. So don't pitch Terminus, 
talks still continue to keynote on the problem, even when you have the audience and they're open to whatever you have to throw at them, right? So if you're going to be true, then it's okay to lose in the short term because you're winning the long-term game. So it's a long-term game. Don't get into it if you're trying to, trying to just figure it out in a couple of days. Then, then maybe the third one to that is that having competitors is actually a blessing. It's great. Um, there is no category of one ever that was created and we're successful. So having competitors, giving them a little bit of arms and legs is actually a great thing for you because that way you can be sure that you're going to exist. If you're the only one talking about it on the rooftop and nobody else is talking about it, you are a crazy person, right? But if you are four other people are talking about it, now you got a congregation and now you're preaching. So very important to have more people to talk about it. So focus on the problem. Make sure that you're focusing on the long-term thing. Number three, I, I really believe that you, you should get other people to speak with it. And then number four, <clears throat> write about it. Write about it, podcast it, like whatever so much. I ended up writing two books, as you said. It, it, it automatically makes us a, a thought leader in the industry. And we don't have to say it. Others would say that for us. So in all in all, you put out so much stuff out there that you're undeniably proving value and helping people. That's, that's awesome, really. That's uh, really good points there on, on how you summarized it. Um, and it can also, like, we can also be, be saying that it is not that easy uh, to apply it, so to say. And, and for starters, to, to be a category leader, that's, uh, that's I, I would say, even like a separate topic on, on how, how to become a category leader, so to say. But it comes down to the community in the end. So yes. that's, that's, that's one very, very important point. And going further on, on, the, on, on what you, you mentioned that it has been like an accident that you built the, the, the community. Um, but I also feel that within that accident, you've, you've put a lot of strategy. So, so how's the future of your community looking? I never thought about it. Uh, like from day one, it was, it is not like six months from now, we want to have a hundred thousand people in the community. It is not that it is literally you experiment, you try. So for example, a few weeks ago, we were just talking and we said, Hey, we do so much on LinkedIn. There's such a great interaction engagement happens on LinkedIn. Why not just create a group on LinkedIn? So we created a flip my funnel LinkedIn group. And now there are about 500 people in that group. And talking about it's a private group so people have to request in it but these are all from enterprise to cmo to like all executives no sales people allowed no selling allowed no vendor stuff allowed and people are talking about real problems that i don't see on linkedin they're talking about it on, in the groups within linkedin now so so we're testing and, and it's okay if it fails kind of thing right now so we're not trying to overdo although i feel like this year we have the book we have the podcast going, like for example, even on the podcast, right? I'm only doing that one interview a week, uh, but it's a daily podcast and other people are interviewing the rest of the week, which allows it to grow further than what I could do. And to me, that, that is what it means to have a community-centric mindset um, overall. Uh, you think about the LinkedIn course, LinkedIn reached out and say, hey, could you do yes. a course on LinkedIn? So that allowed me to do a course on LinkedIn on the staff. So in many ways, we're doing so much outside of our brand to pull people into it that if they go anywhere and spend more than five minutes, if we don't come up, then we would have not done enough, right? So and for that, we can't have a five-year plan. We have to have a 
five day plan and that's enough, right? And, and just test and figure out and go and keep moving. That's, that's great, yeah. So be within trialing, erroring. So you, you, you're just uh, basically on the go, mastering all, all those new things that you're trying. And that's, that's super great. I think that's, that's the, the way to go. But then the, the way that I can ask a, a different way on, for listeners is, what's the future of ABM then? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the book cover says it all. Uh, ABM is B2B. Um, when we interviewed hundreds of people for the book, uh, in the process, we found that, look, it is bigger than marketing automation. It is not just doing marketers job. So if you're a company that has like, let's say 80% of the revenues coming from 20% of your customer base, and you're trying to expand, you can apply ABM because you can upsell cross sell, which I like to call upserving big time using ABM strategies. If you have a company where your deals are stuck in pipeline and you don't know how to move it, AVM is a great strategy to play in place because that will take them far further faster, the velocity play. And if you're a company who knows who your customer target account should be and future customers are, and you're just figuring out a way to give them air cover, AVM is, so in general, AVM became a way of like, all right, regardless of what the strategy might be or the life cycle of your customer might be, you can create a strategy around that. So to me, the future is, I think three years from now, We'll be laughing at this and saying, well, it is B2B. I don't know what ABM are you talking about because that's how we do marketing. And I would feel super blessed if ABM becomes an oblivious thing to, you know, three years from now. <laughs> that would be super cool. That would be super cool. And, I, and I, we wouldn't be surprised. But if it's not in three years, I'm sure it will happen eventually. <laughs> yeah. And let's, let's finish it in, in the same way that we finished the, 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 the great episode of, of the part one where now – Bring us it because I, I, I like the fact that you're all the time bringing the challenges, right? So, give give uh, give listeners some challenges that they can go and apply in, in, in their companies that they're working for. All right, well, I would say one of the challenges to to people who are thinking about this is that one, think about it that there are only five companies who are doing this out of whatever 8,000, 15,000 companies in Martech and sales. That should tell us that this is not a, a this is not something that every company can do. So figure out that do you have the DNA and do you have the long-term view of building a true company that is built on this idea of category leadership and community? Because all of these companies, none of them are like yesterday companies that are gonna go away. There are companies that are there for a long time or are going to stay there for a long time. That's the plan. So if you are not one of them, then that's okay. But to the challenge is take an egg, do this exercise and look at Salesforce, Dreamforce, HubSpot, Inbound, Terminus, Flip My Funnel, Drift, Hypergrowth, Gainsight Pulse. There are only five companies who have built like categories and are known as category leaders and have communities. So there are not a whole lot of companies. So figure it out. Can you actually be a company that is going to be community focused? Because this is not for everyone. Not everyone can do it. And if you do it, you have to be very authentic around it because people can smell it and see it if you're not. So don't try to be a community folk. Like there are a lot of companies who would do conferences and say, hey, come to our conference. And the conference is all about them. And so that's not a community if you only your customers and partners show up to that event, right? So, so community is a bunch bigger than that. So 
overall, I think the big challenge is even before you think about how you go about doing community and stuff like that is like, are you even ready to take on this big mantle of being an evangelist and a leader in a category because it is not an easy job and it's, it, it is a long-term play and you need to buy in and you'll have a lot of short-term losses. Are you willing to do that? And the answer to that question will take you to a whole bunch of content that I and many others have written online around how. So that's, that's the easier part is the why is the harder part. Great questions. Great questions that you're leaving people to actually ask these questions to themselves and look at their companies and reflect on what they're, on what they're building to understand in what position they are to start building a community and whether it is uh, for them or not. The why, the how, the when, the, 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 all the questions need to be asked, I, I'd say. So that's, that's basically, I, I think it's, it's truth that you, you spoke there at the end. And, and I want to thank you so much for coming on, on this part one and part two of the show. It's super cool that I, I, I got the chance to, I split it in two parts for, for my listeners. Thank you that's so fantastic. much, Sangra. Yeah, man, I, I really enjoyed it. I Hopefully uh, there was some value for everybody and at least a couple of things to take away. This has been Sales Network One, covering the concepts, the fundamentals, things you've heard others ramble on about, but in an innovative, exciting way that just makes sense. Join Sebastian again on the next episode. Subscribe now so you're first to hear it. And if you really liked it, give us a five-star review or share this episode with a friend. Our website is salesnetworkone.com. Hasta la vista, baby.